Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Talk Therapy. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about finding empowerment within romantic relationships. Now, is this a topic I have a lot of experience in, personal experience? No. However, I did take a semester in community college of psychology, and I am well-versed in literature, along with the fact that I'm an incredibly observant person, so I don't think I'm inexperienced upon the topic. First-hand, yes, but isn't everyone? You know what's something we need to talk about? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I've been waiting for this moment. I see all these people, they're like, oh my god, I hate being single. (laughs) I hate being single, and I see all these these people in relationships, and I just wonder, how am I not in a relationship? How am I the person who's not being loved? And I just think to myself, just because someone's in a relationship does not mean it's a good one, does not mean it's a healthy one, and does not mean it's beneficial by any means whatsoever. Sometimes the people you're idolizing are quite simply just in a relationship, a relationship, a singular relationship with themselves. It's one-sided or both-sided or toxic or I don't even care. Maybe it's just, it's not that great. You know, I don't feel like, I, I don't know. Um, it would be silly to act like I haven't been the one like, oh my god, <laughs> why am I single? What was me? What is wrong with me? But I've come to realize that when you look at relationships, when you look at your peers who are in relationships, when you talk to them, I think it's a girl thing. Not like a girl thing to like want a relationship, a girl thing to like take the time to understand and like hear your friends experiences of being in relationships. It makes me realize that like these friends that I have and care for so deeply aren't necessarily thriving in these relationships. I mean, in any sort of relationship, you're going to feel good. Or at least I'd hope you feel some sort of goodness. But I mean, a lot of people my age, and this is the thing about girls that I was talking about, when one gets into a relationship, the whole friend group gets into their relationship. Like, it's a whole thing. If you screen, if you talk to her, Unless you've blatantly told her, hey, let's keep this private, I bet one of her friends knows. One of them knows. Even if you've said, let's keep this private, one of her friend knows. One of them. At least. And that friend is probably really good friends with her other friend, and now that friend also knows what's going on. Like, calm down. My point being is, what I've learned from my extensive knowledge looking at teenage relationships, because I don't think a 40-year-old is going to be listening to me and like, oh my god, yes, I'm going to take wonderful advice from this person, because they probably know what I'm saying, probably agree or disagree. Um, I never said I had all the answers. I said I had an opinion, and that's what I'm sharing. Um, but what I've learned is, a lot of times, anyone, specifically girls, because that's the only experience I have, bend themselves to fit the mold of relationships and a lot of times the girls that I see very young and the people that you know there's the people who are high schoolers and teenagers who are in relationships and the girly pops that aren't and very few of them are in relationships that I'd recommend you envy (laughs) that's all I'm saying um and then the rest of them are in front are in relationships that have caused drama within friend groups and the guy ghosted her for a week or two maybe even a month and 
it's a very sad person who's yearning for love. And it's not always because daddy issues. I don't really like the term daddy issues. Because if we're being honest, random tangent, daddy issues is literally abandonment issues. So you don't actually have to have daddy issues to have abandonment issues. Like, at all. Like, someone could have left you when you were young, and it could have really left a scar. Like, you could have had a friend that you really cared about, and they could have left you. And, you know, someone could have an absent parent. And instead of that materializing in an avoidant attachment style, look at me whipping out my amazing things. Really funny, I'm going to say this, because in my college course in lectures... My teacher would always say how a lot of people misuse attachment styles and that it is something that is primarily only focused in childhood. Like you develop your attention attachment styles in childhood. You can uh, you can develop a different like your attachment style can sway when you get older. But my professor, and this is his opinion, this isn't like science, but he was saying that like Bringing attachment styles into the romantic world isn't the worst idea, but basing your whole entire dating history and dating future upon attachment styles is actually not like the most genius of ideas because they really are things that materialize and like manifest in your childhood. So if you're like, I have a fearful avoidant, I have uh, something avoidant, you're only going to see that come out when you're put in situations that mimic the same situations you were in as a child, if that makes any sense. So like, most people on their day-to-day lives are not going to, unless they have blatant paternal issues, are not like regularly displaying characteristics of their attachment style is what I'm trying to say but um what was I talking about anyway I remember so a lot of people today are yearning for love and I don't just want to say teenage girls because that's silly um a lot of people are lonely and in my last episode that came out the ones about like friendships and boundaries and surface level friendships I talked about how there's a disunity in our society today I'd say in America I don't have the experience of anywhere else I don't want to say the world is just has huge disunity though I'm going to be honest I think it does um people don't feel like they have a sense of community anymore And if they do have a sense of community, that community is blatantly excluding others. So if you see people who have really strong religious ties, people that are of different lifestyles may not feel very welcomed by those people. And they may only feel really, you know, unity, such unity with people from their own community. You know, and I think no matter where you find your community, it will always be helpful in upbuilding But when your community is always small and generalized to you and you don't have the chance to step out of it, I think, I mean, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing disunity and contempt and never good things. But moving on, a lot of people are lonely and they don't feel a strong sense of love and community. And people, because of having such strong needs to be loved in relationships, I think, are not really good lovers in their friendships with people or good lovers within family I can even say this um 
I mean, as a teenager, you're not going to be like best child of the year award. Like that's not going to go to you. Um, you have a lot of stuff going on, but you can always do a better job of loving people. Okay. Just little words of wisdom, but a lot of people are lonely. A lot of teenagers are lonely. A lot of adults are lonely. Everyone is lonely. So when I hear people like, oh my God, I really want to be in a relationship. You could be in a relationship because these people are in a relationship and it's not budding. It's not some blossoming cherry blossom that smells beautiful and is constantly there as a reminder of the hope of the new year. No, no. A lot of people are certified settlers and that's what I like to call everyone in a relationship right now. If I know your information, you are a certified settler. A lot of teenagers are in certified set- they're certified settlers. I have friends that have stayed in relationships with people that have <laughs> said the most hilarious of things um, about them, are friends with people that don't even like them are, and are preying on their downfall of their relationship. Um, people that are in relationships with others that are huge flirts. People that are so desperate to be in relationships, they're literally accepting anything at this point. And it is hurting them. You know, they're getting trauma, and I say that in quotes, from these relationships that they're subjecting themselves to. So just a little word of encouragement. If you were ever like, oh my god, I really want to be in a relationship, and everyone looks so happy. No, they're not. I'm not a Debbie Downer. There are some relationships that are literally thriving. And this is an unpopular opinion to some. I believe dating is actually really healthy. I do. I think dating with no goal in sight is stupid. But I think dating in general is a healthy thing. I don't think your relationship needs to be revolutionary all the time. I don't think it needs to make waves. Sometimes it can be a really simple kind of love. Sometimes it can be really delicate and soft and quiet. And I think that's fine. You know? You have books and you have movies and they tell you that it's going to be serpentipity and you guys are going to meet 10 million times and then the 10th million time you're going to know you're meant for each other. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Sometimes it's going to be really simple. Sometimes you guys will literally just be best friends and it might not work out. Sometimes you're going to date for two years, three years, four years, think you're going to marry this person. Or maybe you never thought you were going to marry them and you just kept telling yourself you thought they were. And you're just going to realize that, like, this is fine. Like, that was a growing experience. That was something that taught me something about myself. And that's fine. Everything's fine. My one thing is just, like, don't envy people in relationships. They're not easy. They're not supposed to be hard. But they're not easy. So, yes. Okay? That was my little thought. My words of wisdom. My main point is, what I have learned, however, from observing all of these relationships, and I think this episode might be short simply because I actually don't have quite a bit to say, um, a lot of times you're told that, and I hate saying you're told, society, we're told, the media feeds us, it sounds so like victim-y, like shut up, no one's making you watch TV, please be quiet, Nobody's, nobody made you download TikTok, 
you are choosing to spend 10 hours of that. You know, like you're, you're doing that to yourself. Either way, we're told sometimes, in fact, most of the time, especially women, that we are supposed to find our empowerment within ourselves. And we are goddesses and gods and queens. And we are. Everyone is. Everyone is deserving of having a healthy, you know, sense of self and self-confidence. That's very okay and needed. You can't accept, like, getting your validation and praise and your self-worth from others is never going to be a good thing. However, I do think you can't disregard the wonderful impact that a healthy relationship, a healthy romantic relationship has on someone with low conf- self-confidence. Um, and this is a tricky thing because sometimes if someone you're dating makes you see yourself the way that they see you, which is beautiful and your imperfections or things that you would see as flaws are actually just little dents and pockets of clay dents of dents and pockets in your clay and they just think it makes you 10 times more beautiful to them and your quirks are literally like music to their ears you know like they can make you paint yourself and they can help you see yourself the way they see you and in turn they can also help you see yourself the way you want to see yourself and give you a fresh light and a breath of fresh air on how you actually are and i think a lot of people have that experience and I think we should stop discounting that I think we should stop acting like that is a bad thing now I think why it has gotten a bad rep is because a lot of people get into relationships young or very um insecure and someone tells them they're amazing and builds them up and then oh so swiftly and beautifully tears them down and that is true that is very 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 true and that is why we go back do not envy these people these girly pops these men these women these children they're being destroyed never ever 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 envy being destroyed but i have seen my closest of friends who were originally very jealous people and very insecure people become and get into relationships and become less jealous and less insecure. And they still have their insecurities. But someone has been able to open their eyes and give them a new perspective on who they are. And realize that they are worth loving. I think we there's friendship, love. And there's the love of a parent. And, you know, there's familial love. But the love of someone who literally has no reason to love you and romantic love is just different. And I don't really know how that's different. I don't, like I've said, I have no personal experience, but from my psychology, (laughs) it is different. And it releases all sorts of different chemicals. And someone who has a kid will be like, the love that you have for your kid is completely different than you have for your spouse. And someone that as a best friend is like the love that you have from your best friend is completely different than the one you have for your spouse maybe like love is just different and I think it's so beautiful that in the Greek language there's like so many words for love 
but when someone who has literally no reason to love you loves you, that is that can be very empowering. That can be very different and a good kind of different. And I don't think we should automatically villainize people who feel empowered in relationships. I think a lot of people have told themselves that they will feel empowered single and living their single life. And they try it out and they realize, oh my God, I literally hate this. And some people love it. But um, I think we can easily shift the focus and realize that when you're in a romantic relationship that is healthy, it is of no surprise that you will see yourself beautifully in the same way. And yeah, that's all I wanted to share. I've been reading this book and I'm going to start doing book reviews on this um, podcast, but it's called I Never by like Laurel Hopper, Lauren Hopper. Personally, I think it's like terribly written. It's very elementary and I usually don't mind elementary writing. There's this one author, his name is Blake Nelson and his writing is so elementary, but it's so... It just conveys a story. And it's also, like, from the perspective of a man. And, yeah. But, like, how this woman writes is, like, is this a sitcom? Is this a rom-com? She was a producer in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she thinks she's, like, writing a book that... I don't know who she's catering to. It is, however, not literature. It feels like um, one of my friends texted me out their whole entire summer. Because, like, I was reading some chapter, and she was, like, I I don't, like, after school, or, like, some after school that day, I, I don't even know. Like, she said something in, like, the present tense, and then said something in the past tense, and then said something in the present tense. And I was, like, this is very, very confusing. But either way. Her whole entire, like, message with this book is how, like, Janie, the main character, is finding empowerment and self-love and she's just flourishing and, like, developing a deeper sense of self within her first relationship. And as someone who reads it, who's not an idiot, I think her relationship is stupid and I think it's based upon absolutely nothing. Her and this little other main character, Luke... I'm not spoiling anything if you wanted to go read it. It's a wonderful book. Um, Like, their relationship is literally based upon nothing. I can't even stress that. Like, he saw her on an airplane. You're going to hear all of this in, like, the first chapter. So I'm not spelling, 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 spoiling anything. Like, he saw her on an airport in a plane. Yes, in the plane, singing some stupid song. And randomly was like oh my god you are going to be my new pursuit this year and he's in his like senior semester and like this is winter break so like this is his last semester going to that high school and all of a sudden he's like magically in love with her and they've literally talked and spoken once about anything meaningful but apparently they love each other and it's very stupid it feels very high school so I will say that it is true to its atmosphere, but if there's one thing I appreciate in this book, it makes you realize how beneficial romantic relationships can be, 
and the negatives that come with them um, when you're a young person. And Janie is someone who has an athletic build. And an athletic build on a woman, especially someone who runs track, is not necessarily in today's society that appetizing to look at and probably has never um, (laughs) been that good. I mean, you're a very muscular, slender person. To a lot of people, that might not be super cute and desirable. But how Luke loves her and helps her see herself really transforms herself. And she's able to see herself in a desirable light. Someone who can be um, seen as desirable and beautiful and wanted. And she gets this new feeling of... empowerment honestly she just feels empowered and she can finally like look at herself in the mirror and feel a new sense of confidence that comes from her romantic relationship and the author does a good job I'm not gonna lie of pinpointing the pitfalls of being in a romantic relationship one being you become a jealous ball mess of stupidity and that you're dealing with two very undeveloped people And you guys are going to make mistakes. But I appreciate how she brings light to the fact that you can feel empowerment from being in a relationship. And like I was saying in my last episode, we've had, as a culture for some weird reason, I hear self-help. Love yourself. Tell yourself you're the greatest. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're a goddess. Um, You don't need anyone. You are an island. Don't tell anyone your business. Be alone. And it's just like pushing people farther and farther away from others and focusing them more inward and inward and just keeping them small and little and after the years we've had being in quarantine for a whole year um not socializing a lot of us a lot of gen z people literally had like basically two years completely inside without like seeing people I just don't think that's something that needs to be said. I don't think that's necessary anymore. You know, like a lot of people are people pleasers, but like we're also shy and scared and little baby tiny people pleasers. And we just haven't experienced enough of putting ourselves out there to be told to keep ourselves inward. So that's all I wanted to say. Um, I love my so inspirational speeches. I really recommend people um, read that book. And in the upcoming episodes, I will be doing book reviews. I'm thinking of kind of changing the title of Talk Therapy, but I've tried to change it once, and I just keep coming back to Talk Therapy. I'm so used to it. Um, So yeah, it sounds a little odd to talk about books when your podcast name is Talk Therapy, but I'm just hoping people don't pay attention to that. Anyway, have a beautiful day, night, or evening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, night, or evening.